Happy Sabbath again, church. Um, our scripture is uh, found in math. I'm sorry, Psalm 23. People set me straight today. Psalm 23. <clears throat> Psalm 23. And I'm going to read the whole chapter and then pray. I'm reading from the Old King James Version. It says, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. God in heaven, today... We simply ask and pray as we just are reminded of the precious promises in this passage and what they mean for all of us today at this time in our lives. Please, God, draw us near to the Savior. Help us to see Him. May He be lifted up at this time. May these be Your words and not mine. And please minister through this passage to every heart here today. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 23. This is a timeless passage. Amen? Amen. And the sad thing is that most of the time we hear it in funerals, which it's very fitting for a funeral. But as you look at the whole passage, that's not the only time it should be read. Amen? It is a beautiful passage about the relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. It is a timeless passage for all generations. It means as much thousands of years ago when it was written as it does today in a time when we have technology and smartphones and we can travel to the other side of the world in one day. Yet, despite all the changes and all the advancements, that this psalm still has relevance and significance today. It still speaks to us, even today, the same way that it did thousands of years ago. And that is because anyone can understand this passage. It doesn't use difficult or or, uh, uh, passages that are Um, hard to understand. It doesn't use difficult language or analogy. Anybody can use, anybody can understand the relationship between a shepherd and his sheep. There is something about the way we are made that deep within our souls, we long for a shepherd, don't we? To give us not only our physical needs, like food and water and a place to rest, 
but also our spiritual needs. Something deep within us as human beings, no matter where we are from, no matter our language, our culture, we all long for this relationship with a shepherd. You know, when I was teaching in Japan, as I um, was getting ready to leave Yokohama and go to Okinawa, I was asked to write an article in the local school paper. I was uh, teaching their English to children, and they asked me to write an article. And they said, you can write on anything you want to write about. And so they said, we'll put it in our little school newspaper. It'll be one page, uh, and it'll be translated, of course, into Japanese. And as I was getting ready to leave there, I thought about all the new experiences I had, learning uh, the language and a completely different culture. And I also learned that uh, I am not naturally uh, inclined to teach small children, you know. (laughs) Maybe I don't have the patience that I thought I had. But what I wrote in my article was that despite all these differences and new experiences, I wrote in that article that we are all the same. We all have the same needs. The need to be loved. The need for protection. The need for guidance. The need for security and acceptance. We're all actually the same. Whether we're on different parts of the world or young or old. It doesn't matter our perspective in life. God has created us all the same. We are created in His image. And we all have those same basic needs. But the reality is that there is only one person who can actually satisfy those needs. There's only one person who can actually satisfy the deepest longings of the heart. And so David uses this analogy between the shepherd and the sheep. Because the shepherd does that very thing for the sheep. Now, it's important to understand that in the days of David, sheep were not kept for food like some other animals. They were slaughtered, maybe used for food or other purposes. That sheep were typically not raised for eating, but they were raised for wool, for milk, and for breeding. You see, there was a real opportunity for familiarity and bonding between the sheep and and the shepherd, because they were around a little bit longer than some of the other animal. Some shepherds bonded so intimately with their sheep that they actually gave them names. And those who had smaller flocks would actually call them by name. And so when Jesus says in in John chapter 10 that I know my sheep by name, the people of his day would have understood this. The closeness between the two. And even today when you go to Israel and and you see shepherds, you can hear them speaking to their sheep in their strange sheep language, you know, calling them by name, using these, these strange sounds to call their sheep. This is how close they were. And this relationship was very Very important. And here's why. 
because sheep were defenseless animals. Sheep were not very intelligent animals. And maybe we have two uh, shepherds here. Maybe they can testify. Is that true that sheep are are not very smart, that they need a, a lot of help? Okay, they're smarter than what you think they are? Okay, good. Praise God. God gave them some intelligence. They're prone to get lost. They need almost constant care and attention. But what's interesting about sheep is that you cannot drive them the same way that you do cattle. They have to be led. They have to be called. They're almost kind of wooed, if you will. They're different than some of the other animals in this way. The environment in which the sheep were raised was often harsh at the time of David. It was a harsh environment. Green pastures were not always easy to find. The hills around Bethlehem were full of wild animals like bears, leopards, jackals, and occasionally hyenas. And that all these animals threatened to kill the sheep. All these animals, they, they were excited when they saw a sheep. They didn't run fast. They didn't have sharp teeth. They couldn't jump like some of the other uh, animals could, like deer or gazelle. They were quite defenseless in many ways. But here's the interesting thing about the sheep in this passage. The sheep is weak and it is vulnerable. The sheep is not the most intelligent of all the animals. Some of their instincts are not as good as the other animals. You would think that the sheep would live in fear. You would think that the sheep uh, would have no hope out in the fields. But in Psalm 23, the sheep are totally unafraid. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The sheep in Psalm 23 are well fed, fat if you will. They they are lacking nothing. The sheep in Psalm 23, they are well protected and they are deeply satisfied. And these sheep are content. You would think that the sheep would be the most pitiable of all animals, but not in Psalm 23. It is the most envied of all the animals in Psalm 23, isn't it? In this passage, despite all of its imperfections, all of its weaknesses, all of its dependency, despite all of this, the sheep is the most desirable of all the animals. I want to be a sheep. If it's like this sheep in Psalm 23... This psalm makes us want to be one of these vulnerable, needy animals. If this is what it is like to be a sheep, I want to be a sheep. But you see, what really is making the difference here, it's not so much the sheep, but it is the shepherd. It is the shepherd that makes this sheep content. It is the shepherd that protects this sheep. 
It is the shepherd that makes it to lie down, leads it to food. It is the shepherd that makes the difference. These sheep are following closely to the shepherd. That's why they are content. And that's why they are the most enviable of all animals we see here in this passage. It's the shepherd that makes the difference. The need for a shepherd of our souls is so deeply ingrained into our being that many people will follow after, they will idolize, they will fantasize, yes, they will even worship people, leaders, and ideas with passion. Because this need for a shepherd is so deeply ingrained into who we are. But the reality is that only one kind of shepherd will do. A shepherd who is personal. A shepherd who will never fail. Who will never leave. Who will never lead astray. And who will never leave us spiritually hungry. A shepherd whom we can trust no matter what the circumstances are. Only one shepherd will do. And that shepherd is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And one of the reasons I'm preaching this message today, church, is because this church is going to go through some very, um, very challenging times in the future, some, some big decisions to make in the future as your pastor is leaving. You will have to choose an, another shepherd, so to speak, under shepherd, as Peter calls it. But please don't forget no matter who comes and goes through the church, whether a pastor or a member or a board member, don't forget this one thing. Jesus is the true shepherd. Amen. Jesus is the true shepherd, not only of our church, but of our homes and our individual lives. Jesus is our shepherd. He is the one that we can trust. No matter at times uh, how how in, insignificant or, or how weak, no matter how uncertain the future may be, no matter the circumstances, Jesus is our shepherd and he will lead us. Jesus is described many times as the good shepherd. Anyone listening, listening to him at this time when he was proclaiming himself to be the good shepherd, they would have understood the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. Jesus knows what this is all about. John chapter 10 and verse 10. John chapter 10 and verse 10. Jesus boldly proclaims. He says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. In verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. Revelation 7 and 17 says at the end of time that he will lead his people to a place where they will never thirst or hungry or be scorched by the heat anymore. Jesus is a shepherd that we can trust no matter what happens. Maybe some of you have heard the story of Nick Vujicic. He was uh, born without arms and legs. Have you ever heard of 
uh, Life Without Limbs, a ministry uh, led by uh, a young man named Nick Vujicic. And Nick was actually the son of a pastor. And when he was being born, as he was coming out of his mother's womb, as his head was coming out, his father saw that he had no arms. And he was so devastated, he left the delivery room. He, he, he was just so shocked. And then as, after he left the delivery room and the nurse came out and uh, came to check on him and said, are you doing all right? And he looked at the nurse and said, my son has no arms. And then he said, Mr. Vujicic, your son has no arms or legs. After he had been fully delivered, they realized he had no limbs at all. And even as a small child, Nick was in this place of pain in his heart. Even though he was the son of a pastor, and his parents came to love him very, very much. He would ask God, why? Why did you not give me arms and legs like everybody else has? And as, even as a child, as a young man, he was angry with God. He was so depressed that at one point, even as a child, he tried to commit suicide. He asked his mother to fill up, the, to put some water in the tub, as they have done many times before, and just to let him lie there in the tub. And so she, filled the, she put some water in the tub, and Nick was laying on his back, and he said, Mom, can I just be alone? And after she said, okay, after she left the bathroom, uh, he turned around and he put his face down in the water. He was going to drown himself to death. But the one thought in his mind was how much his parents loved him. And he said he couldn't do it. So by the grace of God, he rolled back over and he continued to live. But those questions, the anger was, was still there. And as he grew to be a teenager, um, his mother shared with him a story about the man born blind. And his disciples asked Jesus why was this man born blind? Was it because of his sins or the sins of his parents? And Jesus said, neither, but for the glory of God. And that really spoke to Nick's heart. Hey, I was born not having what everybody else has. Maybe this is to the glory of God. So he began to engage with God, pray to God, and he began to, to wrestle with God. And he, and he would continue to ask him, why, don't you, why didn't you give me arms and legs? And one day, God's response came to him. Nick, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And Nick's answer was yes. And that response changed Nick's entire life. And to this day, Nick Vujicic goes around the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ with no arms and no legs. He even came to Okinawa one time when we were there. And people who never stepped foot in a church packed out in an auditorium to watch this man preach the gospel with no arms and no legs. And it was so full, we couldn't sit in the auditorium. They had overflow rooms. We had to watch him on a screen when he was preaching. And after the meeting was over, we were talking about his message. And my wife said something uh, that that it was so true as she was watching this man with no arms and no legs. She said, he is such a beautiful person. Such a beautiful person. And he had no limbs. 
And I said, you know what? He was beautiful because God made him that way. And to this day, Nick Vujicic has baptized hundreds of thousands of people. A feat that most pastors could, could only dream of. But God used this one person. The divine shepherd said, do you trust me? And the, the response to that question changed his life and the lives of other people. That's what this passage in Psalm 23 is all about. Do we trust Jesus? Do we follow the shepherd? Will we follow him all the way into the kingdom of heaven? In this passage, the sheep is one of the most desirable of all animals. And the difference is the shepherd whom they follow. Today, I want to challenge each one of us to look into Psalm 23 again. Where are we at in our relationship to the shepherd? Where are we at in Psalm 23? Because when we are following and trusting our shepherd, Jesus Christ, he will never fail us. Amen. 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 May God bless you and happy Sabbath. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much because you are our shepherd. Thank you for Jesus who leads us without error, who calls us by name. Help us, God, I pray, in this time of transition. Help us this time, this time, I pray, of celebration. Help us in any and every circumstance in our lives to hear the voice of the shepherd and to follow him. God, we pray this prayer today. We ask your blessing upon this moment. In Jesus' name, amen.